In today's show, we're looking ahead to Monday in the NBA, streaming options, chunkies, all that stuff. What we're watching for, Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at basketballmonster.com. And you can find me on Twitter, as always, at RedRock underscore B-Ball, on TikTok at RedRock underscore B-Ball, on Instagram at LockedOnFantasyBasketball, on Substack, JoshLloyd48.Substack.com. That's free. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. So we're going to do the Monday streaming show, the What to Watch For show. These are the things we're watching for in the eight games on Monday. Some streaming options, some chunky values. So, Warnie. Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> Bucks Magic is the first game up for us. The Bucks are eight and a half point favorites. Jinglin Joe is out. Wendell Carter is out. Chris Middleton should return after sitting the Saturday back-to-back. Um, and for the Magic, there's just a lot of guys that we don't know about. We know that Voldemort will be out, but Gary Harris, Jalen Suggs, Trumaro KK, and Mo Bamba are all questionable. And Suggs has now missed five straight. Harris has missed two straight. Carter has missed... Not, well, Carter's out. Um, Bamba has missed four straight. And KK has missed six straight. We just do not know when these guys are going to come back. And their absence opens up things for Mo Wagner, for Terrence Ross, for Bol Bol, for Cole Anthony, for Markel Fultz, for bloody Caleb Houston or Kevon Harris. So there's just too much uncertainty there. It's so hard to know what to do with the Magic players. On the Bucks side, we're going to watch Chris Middleton. We're going to see what the minutes look like as he ramps up and how that impacts other players, particularly players like Grayson Allen and Javon Carter. When Middleton's out, they're both streamable guys. When Middleton plays, they don't really look like their 12-team league options. Let's see how the minutes go between Allen and and, uh, and Carter and Wara. It's hard to know because last game we had Middleton out, we had Drew out, we had Giannis out. So it was all a mishmash of a game. But how does all those guys look when they're all healthy? On the Magic side of things, the Cole Anthony versus Markel Fultz is going to be keen to watch. We only had Fultz's minutes are all over the shop. 17, 30, 19. Allegedly, minutes restrictions on the first two, and then he blew through them and then played the back-to-back, which was weird, but played only 19 minutes. The whole thing is very strange in terms of where what his playing time looks like. And then we've got to figure out what happens if Jalen Suggs plays or Gary Harris plays. Same goes with Anthony. How does it how does it work? Like Cole Anthony came back, played 24, 29, and 24 minutes from his oblique strain. No real pattern with any of that either. Also want to watch Franz Wagner. Because Wagner has had a big opportunity with a lot of these guys out, more ball handling responsibilities. So that would say he's a sell high because all those guys are coming back. But the problem is, is over the last like four or five games is his production's really fallen off. So is the therefore a buy low? Or is it just sort of opportunities will decrease, but efficiency will come up, keeping his value about the same? I probably think it's the third option there. But we want to see what Wagner does because the last couple have been smelly. Like he has really, really stunk in terms of the shooting numbers and it's been rough. And if he continues that poor form, along with decreased usage, if a bunch of guys come back, then his value is going to fall. Then he will turn into a legitimate buy low player. At the moment, he's sort of holding steady, I think. Um, So let's see how all that looks for the next one. We've got the Clippers and the Hornets. 
Gordon Haywood and Cody Martin will be out. We do not know at this point about LaMelo Ball. I would love to know about LaMelo Ball, but we do not know. We do not know about Dennis Smith Jr. either. And of course, there's a lot of big ones in this one because there's also Kawhi Leonard. I'm a fun guy. <laughs> I'm recording this at 4 p.m. on Sunday, Eastern Time. And I don't know whether Paul George, Norman Powell, Luke Kennard, or Kawhi Leonard are going to play. If they are all out, then the value for Terrence Mann and Robert Covington and Amir Coffey and BJ Boston, who's played 20 minutes in each of the last two games. Like, their value all rises. I also want to watch Marcus Morris, who, let's be honest, has been really bad. I see no way that he is a long-term 12-team league player when those four players return, or even two of them return. He should be putting up top 70 numbers while everyone is out, yet he can't do a single thing. Maybe he is washed. I think he might be. So I don't think he's a 12-team league. I also want to watch John Wall for this particular reason, is that after the last game, Reggie Jackson struggled, and question was asked of Tyler, hey, any thoughts on John Wall starting? And he said stuff, I'm going to paraphrase this, like, yeah, we're always looking at stuff, uh, but that's a very interesting question. It's like you go, oh, ooh, okay. Is John Wall going to start over Reggie Jackson? It appears that Wall is still limited on back-to-backs and will be all season. It appears that Wall still has somewhat of like a minutes limit. And it definitely appears like Wall is really out there to hurt you at times in fantasy with either field goal percentage or free throw percentage or a complete lack of rebounds or a lack of threes, but do it on high usage. I don't think he's a must-roster player, but there is this opportunity here for maybe him to slide into the starting role over Reggie Jackson. I don't think it's the greatest fit. But that could happen. His usage has just been so sky high that I don't know how it fits with these other guys. And the shooting is off. Not that Reggie's is good, but Wall's is way worse. But I do want to watch that and see if that... So if you do have Wall, maybe it is worth a hold to see if a change is imminent. Imminent? I don't think it is, though. For the Hornets, Kelly Oubre. Really putting up some strong numbers. He's been He's benefited a lot from absences to other players, but... That's what happens. And those absences, Cody Martin and Gordon Hayward, are going to last a while. So Ubre has got at least another one to two months of starting ahead of him. And yes, he can have the nights where he he struggles with shooting percentages. We've seen that multiple times, but he's been a gigantic steals guy. He's been a really high usage player, which has been useful. It does all of that continue. Just saying all this, he's been good. He's not a top 100 player this season. Um, he's averaging 19 and 5, but he gets no assists. He never gets a block, and his percentages are really subpar, both of them. And that hurts in category leagues. But he does have the opportunity here to be a 20-point-per-game scorer, to grab you almost two steals per game, and there is a ton of value in doing that. I just I have my doubts about it lasting, say, through fantasy playoffs, but the Haywood injury has opened up tons for him, and we'll see what happens. Also watch Bryce McGowans, who has taken a rotation spot away from James Booknight. Booknight has been dreadful in his NBA career so far. And I think McGowan's is going to be a pretty good player. I, I don't I don't know that for sure, but I, I do think he's going to be a pretty good player. So it's interesting for deeper leagues and dynasty leagues to pay some attention to what old mate Bryce McGowan's is doing, because he's getting an opportunity to do it right now, probably a little bit ahead of schedule. Today's episode is brought to you by Turo. If you oh no, that's not what I was gonna say. I was meant to say Turo is the world's largest car-sharing marketplace. Of course it is. With Turo, you can book any car you want, wherever you want it, from a community of local hosts. 
Browse a huge selection of vehicles for just about any occasion or budget across the US, UK, Canada, and Australia. Book a spacious SUV or minivan for a family road trip. Get a classical luxury car for a special event, birthday, or holiday. Find affordable economy cars if you're in a budget and you just need to get from A to B or test drive that electric vehicle you've been eyeing off to see how it fits in your everyday life. Many Turo hosts can even deliver the car right to you. Every trip is backed by liability insurance. Terms, conditions, and exclusions apply. Forget boring rental cars and find your drive at Turo.com. Let's go to the Thunder and the Hawks. Um, John Ray Hunter and Johnny Collins are going to be out for Atlanta. Um, Trey Young is questionable. There are some rumors that maybe his shoulder issue was actually a team-issued suspension for friction between him and Nate McMillan. I don't know whether that's true, but I've heard it from multiple places. Um, Justin Holiday is questionable uh, with COVID protocols and Trent Forrest dealing with a concussion. So that has opened up tons. We'll talk about that in a sec. For the Thunder, I want to watch Jeremiah Robinson Earl, who maybe, maybe is maintaining a solid enough rotational or starting job. 26, 27 minutes, top 100 over the last week. I think he's worth a grab just to see, but I'm not full of confidence with it. I also want to watch Josh Giddy, who really turned it on last game. Can he turn the corner? He's been way more inconsistent than he was as a rookie, but the potential is still there to be a very good fantasy player. We just haven't seen it yet, and I'd like to see that develop. For the Hawks, Jalen Johnson, I expect, is going to start again with John Collins out. I thought he was pretty good in that first game, and he's going to be someone that is absolutely worth watching and worth grabbing. And I also want to watch Jarrett Culver, who has played, we played 33 minutes last game, but he started, I believe, in place of Trey Young. So if Young plays, where does Culver fit in the rotation? Does he fit ahead of, say, Justin Holiday if he's available to play? And how many minutes does he get? I don't think that Jared Culver's a 12 or a 14-team league player, but let's see, because those last two games have been solid enough. And that's important for someone who's one of the biggest draft busts in recent years. Celtics and Raptors back-to-back here for Boston. I don't expect that Al Horford's going to play. He is not officially ruled out, but it is yeah, back-to-back spasm season for Horford, so I don't think that he plays in this one. Rob Williams is out. Preston Chua is out. Otto Porter's out. Marcus Smart is out for Sunday with that hip issue. Whether he plays on Monday is still questionable, and the same goes for Wancho. Well, not the same. Wancho Hernan Gomez is questionable for Monday's game from Toronto. So with the likelihood that Horford is out and the possibility that Smart is out, There's value perhaps increasing for Grant Williams. There's value increasing for Derek White. Both guys should be able to put up good numbers. The other guys to watch are going to be Luke Cornett and Blake Griffin for deep leagues because Griffin is the guy that's been starting when Horford sits. So that's for very deep leagues. But Cornett, Williams, um, Derek White, Malcolm Brogdon, they all get boosts, especially if Marcus Smart does happen to sit. For the Raptors, I do not believe that Chris Boucher is a 12-team league player. But I do want to watch to see the minutes. He's had 19 and 18 the last two games. And with Wancho out or doubtful, so Wancho's been downgraded to doubtful. With Wancho doubtful, that probably does help Boucher and Thad Young a little bit. So let's see whether they're worth using. And also watch Gary Trent, who has moved to the bench and has played under 30 minutes in three of the four games. Under 30 minute Gaz Trent is hard to consider must roster. I'm still holding for now because the steals have been pretty good. But we know that he's got this potential to just blow your field goal percentage up. And then that impacts his overall scoring and probably his minutes. And then you're just getting by with him as a steel streamer. So let's see what his minutes and his role actually looks like in this situation. Sixers Rockets. Philadelphia are seven-point favorites. 
Uh, Tangles is out. Tyrese Maxey, the Wild Thing, Jay Sean Tate, he is also out. Even the Wild Thing's gone well. I can't do much about that. But Jim Harden is probably back. We don't have that official yet, but this was the game that they were targeting for him to return. So we want to see, A, how he looks, but then what happens? Who moves to the bench? Is it Milton or is it Melton? I think it will be Melton because Melton's ability to play off the ball and to defend well is important next to Harden. Milton's value is in being able to create his own shot. And you don't need as much of that when Harden's out there. But I don't know what the doctor will do. What will Glenn Rivers MD do? Will he keep Milton in there? Remember, remember this, remember this point. Last season, in the preseason, Shake Milton was slated to be this team's starting point guard ahead of Tyrese Maxey, and he got hurt in the preseason. And it was obviously ridiculous at the time. Everyone looked and went, Maxey's way better than Milton. What are you doing? But this is what he was going to do. So keep that in your mind before you make a decision to drop Milton. I do think Milton will become a droppable player. He won't be getting 39 minutes an idol, getting 26 usage or shooting 60%. He won't do any of those things. But he might still start. And we want to watch it. For the Rockets, the delicate dancer, Alperen Sengun. It's a delicate dance in just 17 steps. It's just minutes. I just want to see what his minutes are. Because he has sat the entire... Final 17 minutes of the game against the Warriors. Yes, it can be weird to play with centers against the Warriors at times, even though they still played uh, inferior ones in Fernando and Garuba. And then he played four of the final 17 minutes against the Suns. He starts off well and then just doesn't play in the second half. Will Silas continue to actually start Shingun? Will he play him close to 30 minutes? We need answers. Also notch KJ Martin, who generally is just a stream when Eric Gordon is out. I would still rather Tari preseason over KJ Martin in terms of long-term value. Uh, Martin is very inconsistent in my mind, and I'm just not sure where he sort of fits, but let's watch what the role looks like here in this game. Heat Grizzlies, this is a back-to-back -back for Memphis, second game of a back-to-back. -back. I think there is a risk or a chance or a likelihood that Jaron Jackson does not play because it is the back-to-back. -back. But we know Des Bain is out, Zaya Williams is out. Jake LaRavia is probably out. LaRavia is doubtful for Sunday's game. Um, Steve Adams is also questionable for Sunday, so we've got to watch that one. That would mean a good stream of Brandon Clark. And then, uh, yeah, Miami. They've done it again. Every dickhead in the world is on the injury report, but the one we've got to watch is Jimmy Butler is questionable with that knee soreness. This is why Jimmy Butler fell to the 40s, is because he has, without them actually saying it, he has degenerative knee problems. Like, they've never said this, but the fact that he gets knee soreness every single year that costs him games, it's like Giannis's knee. It's like Kawhi's quad tendon. This is why he fell to the 40s. And he's came back, played one game, and he's questionable again. Um, Gabe Vincent also dealing with knee problems. He's questionable too. Now, this is the start of a really good week for the Heat. And I want to just talk. I did a waiver wire show earlier today, and I was talking about droppable players, and I wasn't clear in what I said. And I want to be really clear here. I said that Max Struess is a droppable player long-term. You don't have to drop him, but when we're looking long-term, I don't really see him being a guy that can be a top 130 player. But that is pretty contradictory in terms of what I talk about for this week, and I was not clear about it. And I'm going to be really clear with you here now. The Heat have the best schedule this week. Also, when I mentioned that thing about Struess, Butler wasn't questionable today. Um, the Heat have the best schedule this week. So Max Struess for this week with four quality games is solid enough to hold on to. 
It's more when I'm looking longer term and I'm looking, do I need to drop someone to activate? I don't think Struess can be the guy that maintains top 100, top 120 value all season. But for this week, he is a really solid guy because they play four quality games. And the same goes with Caleb Martin. Now, I didn't include him as a droppable player, but I think he will become a long-term droppable player. But with four quality games this week and the potential that Vincent and Butler will miss time, there's a real opportunity for Struess and Martin to put up good numbers in this week alone. And I hope, I hope that clears it up. And I really apologize for not being clear enough on that on the waiver wire show earlier today. For the Grizzlies, we want to watch Brandon Clark because if Steve Adams is out, Clark is going to be a good ad. I also could be streaming Santi Aldama because Jaron Jackson could be out, so Aldama could get value. And then also, we also want to watch Lil John Concha. Yeah! His numbers never blow you away, but it's always just a three here, a steal here, six rebounds, here, three assists, 10 points. And the minutes are strong, and he's going to continue to start, and we want to keep watching. I don't think, well, I know I know he's not going to be a long-term guy, but I still think he's worth having in 12-team leagues at the moment. Today's episode is also brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. Football, basketball, soccer, esports, they've got it all at BetOnline.net. We've got NFL Sunday Night Football. The Cowboys are 10.5-point favorites. The total is 44.5. Are the Cowboys... They're going to pound the Colts, aren't they, surely? Or you can look at Monday Night, where the Buccaneers, they're 3.5-point favorites in the NFL's saddest division, the NFC South. Which team wants to lose more? We will find out in on Monday Night, and all those odds for all NFL action is over at Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. Head to the website today. Use your mobile device to learn more. Bet Online is where the game starts. And don't forget to gamble responsibly. Suns and Mavs. This is a back-to-back for Phoenix. The Mavericks are three and a half point favorites here. We do not know whether Chris Paul is going to be available to play. This sore heel has turned into an absolute pain in my asshole. Pain in my asshole? There you go. A Borat impression from 20 years ago. Um, I think it's pain in my assholes, actually. Anyway. That really doesn't matter. Chris Paul and Tory Craig, we don't know whether they are going to play in this game on Monday. Um, they could, but we we honestly just don't know. And that makes it hard to understand how to run their rotation. Cam Johnson, of course, is out. But the crucifix Christian Wood remains uh, questionable with an illness. Wood missed last game. We don't know whether he's going to play this one. Of course, with him out, you get a little bit of a boost to Maxi Kleber, a little bit of a boost to um, Dwight Powell. And they also went pretty small in that last game. And as I'm talking and recording this, I believe the Magic have updated the injury report. They have. Suggs is out. Harris is out. OKK is out. But Mo Bumba is questionable. So that impacts the value of Mo Wagner, of course. Even though I think Wagner is a better player than Bumba, we will see exactly what the Magic do there. In terms of guys we want to watch for Phoenix, Damian Lee, really good three-point streamer Damo is. And if Craig and Paul are out, he might play a couple extra minutes. And then DeAndre Aiden, who was, was he stepping up? It looked like it. And then he absolutely shit the bed the last time we saw him. No energy, no aggression, nothing. And that has always been the problem with Aiden. Like, my guy, be aggressive. And then he started to do it. And he went, oh, okay. He's a top 10 fantasy player over the last two weeks. That's great. And then he did nothing. So let's see. Can you bounce back? Or are you going to go back into your shell? For the Mavs, it's about Tim Hardaway. Like, he's a must-roster player at this point. It won't last, I don't think, but he is must roster for now. Let's see how he looks in that role once again, and more importantly, what the usage looks like. And then if Woody's out, what does Maxi Kleber do? Who I believe is always an op- option for blocks and threes streaming, and he's a really good defender. So I think he should probably play a little bit more than he does. 
Pacers Warriors. Back-to-back here for Indiana. The Warriors are 10-point favorites. Chrissy Duarte is out. Tyrese Halliburton is questionable for Sunday. So I'm going to list him questionable here for Monday as well. If he is out, then we're just absolutely piling on with TJ McConnell and Andrew Nempard. Both become absolute 12-team must-roster players with our absence there. So we want to watch what Nempard can do. I think he's on the borderline of 12-team value as it is, but it would really boost if Tyrese is out. We also want to watch Sticks, Jalen Smith. Because he was starting to put together good games. Then he played 19 and then 20 minutes. Yes, they were both absolute blowout losses, and the Pacers don't look now. They've lost three out of their last four games by double digits, and the only game they won was that comeback against the Lakers. So despite a really strong start, they are struggling a little bit here, and we'll see where this ends up heading. But it's not moving in the right direction. So let's watch what Smith can do, who was starting to make a case to be a 12-team rosterable guy again, and now I don't really know. For the Warriors, Jordan Poole is listed as questionable with ankle soreness, while Andy Wiggins is questionable with an adductor issue. That just appeared now on the injury report. Clay Thompson will be back. But Jordan Poole has sort of figured out to produce some value off the bench. Let's hope that's able to stick. And then we also want to watch Andrew Wiggins. Coincidentally, I had both of these guys as players I wanted to watch, and then the injury report updated them both to questionable. If Wigo is out, does that mean that we stream in the comeback at John Kaminga? Maybe. If you are willing to sacrifice percentages, he can be bad there. And even after that big game against the Mavs, played 26 in that one, he's combined for 29 in the last two games, including a 19-point blowout where there was garbage time. So the consistency is not there. We want to see what's able to happen there. In terms of streaming back-to-backs, Monday, Tuesday, it's just the Heat and the Mavs who have got that. So we're looking at Kleber. We're looking at Hardaway. We're looking at Finney Smith. We're maybe looking at Reggie Bullock if we hate our lives. We're looking at Max Struess, Caleb Martin, maybe Gabe Vincent if he plays. We're looking at those guys. If we just want to look at Monday, Tari Preseason's a stream option. Um, Jalen Johnson, Jeremiah Robinson-Earl, Dorian Finney-Smith, Andrew Nembhard, AJ Griffin, Grayson Allen, Grant Williams. And of course, you chuck in a guy like a Santiel Dahmer if JJJ is actually out, or a TJ McConnell if Tyrese Halliburton is actually out. Or you might have a situation that both Smart and Horford are out in Boston, so maybe Peyton Pritchard or Luke Cornette gets options there as a streamer. Deeper leagues, well, that Cornette and Griffin names will appear there as well. Um, we've got Johnson and Eric Gordon and PJ Tucker and DiVincenzo, uh, Damian Lee, Paddy Connaughton, KJ Martin, and Flaming Mo Wagner, especially if Mo Bamba is out. For points league streaming for Monday, Mason Plumley, Aldama, Michael Fultz, Johnny Concha, Chris Boucher, Jalen Johnson, Timmy Hardaway, he's a must roster player, and Jeremiah Robinson Earl, I've talked about enough. Let's look at the Chunkies. Over the next five days, that's Monday through Friday. There are three quality game days there, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday. So who are the guys over the next five days where the schedule benefits them? Well, we're looking at the Heat players. Caleb Barton and Max Struess, three quality games over the next five days. You add them, it's great value. And then there's some other guys who don't have the three-game schedule, but the big stiffy Bones Highland has two. The Nuggets have two, obviously. Contavious Caldwell-Pope's an option there to maximize value over the next five days. Dorian Finney-Smith, Tari Preseason, Marcus Morris, and Tim Hardaway, who again, should be a rostered player. If we want to look at the next five days, not just low volumes, just the next five days as a general rule, including a high volume Wednesday and Friday, these first three names, the non-italicized names there, are guys that I think you can add and you would start them even if they play on a high volume day. And it's Kyle Anderson, Lil John Concha, and Killian Hayes. Concha and Hayes have three games in the next five nights. Anderson has two, but I think they're worth having for this next little chunk of time. The next uh, bunch of players are guys who have got good value over the next three days or next five games 
who have enough value to add them now. It's useful to have them because of the volume of games they have. So Markel Fultz, three games. Jalen Johnson, three games. AJ Griffin, three games. Dorian Finney-Smith, three games. And the Cockroach, Mason Plumley, three games over the next five nights. A little bit of a boost in value for those players. Guys, that'll do it for me today. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app and on YouTube. Please thumb it up. Please leave your comments. Please subscribe. And please ding my bell. Guys, we're done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. So yeah.